how many times you have wondered what God wants from you. And sometimes you feel that you're not understanding what he wants, and other times you feel that God doesn't understand you. And why is that? Because we're missing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are things that we may have learned in catechism class many years ago. But are they important in our spiritual lives today? Do you really know how much you need the Holy Spirit? If you have forgotten everything about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, this episode is for you. Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heroes of the Gospel, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit is going to come to you. Welcome to Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. So, Salve Maria, welcome to this episode of Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. We always start greeting our audience, the generous people that listen to us week after week in the different uh, shows and episodes we have here in the channel of the Heralds. Before we start, please don't forget to hit the notifications button, uh, subscribe, share the program, because this is very, very important. And of all, leave a comment, because this is uh, very helpful in the program. So, welcome also Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice in your home. And of course, welcome to our uh, panel here, Father Arthur. Salve Maria, Father Arthur. Salve Maria. Salve Maria, Brother Justin. Salve Maria. Now, as you have seen, the topic today is very, very beautiful. Why? Because, well, many, many people wonder, you know, Father, how can I do so that the blessings of God come? How do I know if I'm doing the, the will of God, if I'm practicing the good things, if God abides in me somehow? And that's a question that is very related to the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. So today we were going to discuss, you no, know, what does the Holy Spirit have to do with us? How is that, Father? Well, uh, we know that God is three because Jesus told us. But it is extremely difficult to, to understand God himself. We can, uh, cannot understand his divinity. Why? Because we are humans. We can understand other humans. Actually, sometimes we don't even understand properly other humans. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> Under, underline wars, underline crimes. Exactly. Underline. So much less we can understand fully God. But of course, we can know him. Of course, we know that he exists. And of course, he is the source of our existence. If there was no God, we would never exist. Now, God is three. And uh, God has a spirit. The, the, the explanation, the classical explanation about the Holy Trinity that everybody knows is that God is the Father. And God makes an image of himself, which is the Son. And the Father loves this image. And the Son loves the Father. And the, this love between the two is so great that it is the third person of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit. So we know that God is love, but between the three persons, very specially, uh, the Holy Spirit is love. So he is love and he will, will explain to us who is the Father and who is the Son? You know, the fathers of the church have something very beautiful. Sorry, Brother Justin, to cut you off. I know you're coming already, but something very important, which is that um, God somehow, you no, know, He manifests all His 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 everything He does, and then He acts. Um, let's put it this way: that the Holy Spirit is the only silent person in the Holy Trinity. You no, know? because God the Father, of course, He spoke throughout the Holy Scripture. God the Son is the Word. And then what is the, the, the language that the Holy Spirit uses is deeds. 
No? And so there are seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. In, in a moment, we're going to be talking about that. But it's very important no, for, for our, our audience to, to keep in mind and to realize how important it was to, to pray for those gifts. Of course, and uh, as you said, the Holy Spirit is deeds. And uh, as you know, the, uh, the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, is also known as the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because actually what the Apostle, what the Church is doing is the Holy Spirit who is doing through the church, through us. So each one of us, the Holy Spirit is acting. So he is going to, to, um, to put into practice everything that happens between the Father and the Son. It's amazing. It's a mystery, of course. We cannot really explain it here. <laughs> Nobody pretends to explain the Holy, the Holy Trinity. Absolutely impossible. So we have a saint... Augustine, who is in the process of writing one of his seminal works of, on the Trinity, and he's trying to do this to help his flock, to help the church as a whole, and he's walking along the beach collecting his thoughts, and he sees a child who has dug a hole and is trying with a shell to fill this hole with water. And as he becomes closer, he begins to understand that this he child wants to put the whole Mediterranean, the whole in, the... Mediterranean in this hole. And Augustine then goes to the child and explains to the child that what he's trying to do is impossible. It's insane. It's, it, it's crazy. And then the child turns into an angel and tells him, it's easier for me to put the Mediterranean in this hole than it is for you to understand the Trinity. Amazing. So to try to understand the Trinity... Um, Without the grace of God, I'll put it this way, we fall into a, a playth of errors. Even with the grace of God, it, it's always a very pale resemblance of what truly is present in this great mystery. It will take us an eternity. It will take an eternity to maybe to get closer but to think, the mystery. I think in heaven, by the fact that we see things through the eyes of God, then we have the possibility of understanding the Trinity. Exactly. Because God is going to reveal to us what it is. I so I think it's really important. So when we say it doesn't make sense, well, that's a good thing. But also we can say, you know, hindsight, a vision is always twenty twenty, And we get to understand things, maybe when they pass, they're in perspective. Because in yeah. the very line of the book of Genesis, you have the first mark of the Holy Spirit right there. No, Absolutely. in the beginning, God. No? It's beautiful because actually the Bible starts, you know, by mentioning like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So right in the beginning of the Bible, the the, the revelation of the Trinity starts. It means that the whole book, uh, the whole seventy-three books or whatever, the whole revelation. Is, is a revelation of the Trinity. But it is not that God did not want to tell us, it's that mankind was not ready to accept this. You know, the, 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 the general what, um, uh, tendency of everyone in the Old Testament was to adore everyone, adore gods, adore this, adore that. And God needed to teach that there was only one God, the one you're going to serve and everything else. So God told us there, left it there so that we could later on appreciate when we get there, because like little children, we don't have the we didn't have the elements at that time. But don't forget to reach the knowledge, the understanding of one God. We can do that through pure reason. But Trinity, you need the gift of grace. You need faith. And when God's working with this very prim primeval, these very young people, uh, He's got to work with the first level, which is the rational. Get them to that first step. 
They're surrounded by all these polytheists. He needs, they need to be solid in this one position. And then after that, we can reveal to them those beautiful things. But even then, Jesus tells us. And how many people, how many people have still can't accept it? No. Protestant groups which refuse the Trinity, or they use a, what they call a modulistic approach, in which they say that the Trinity doesn't truly exist. No. It's three modes. Or, the, or one God, there's only one, and with three aspects. Or three whatever. aspects. So you said like, Which is not true. in the way that you could be a father to one person, yeah. a brother to another, and a son to the third, um, you're just one person. And that's very common in a lot of um, evangelical groups, which they don't believe in the Trinity. They don't believe in three distinct persons. And the Hebrews. Absolutely, yeah. The Hebrews. Well, they never got there. They never, ever, ever. So look, look at this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So who is God the Father? God, He's creating everything. The earth was without form and void. This is extremely difficult um, passage very of very important, uh, very important, and very difficult to translate. Not for now, <laughs> this um, without form and void, you know, it's uh, well. Imagine yourself living four thousand years ago, trying to explain this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Today we have words exactly. that can help you understand. Yeah, exactly. Four thousand years ago, so, uh, no, you're, you're, but, but you're, not so simple. You're, you're talking absolutely. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. So, so there's a deep also, there's darkness. No, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a confusion. Hmm? But what happens? And the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. So the Spirit of God already, no, there's God, there is His Spirit. And just after, uh, it continues saying, And God said, let there be light. Who is light? Jesus, the second person. He's the light of the world. So, so you know, the Trinity is uh, is right in the beginning. It's right in the beginning, in the very first in paragraph. In the first paragraph. There. So the Holy Spirit is there. But how can we understand Him? And how can we, you know, uh, appreciate everything that He is for us? This will take us, you know, um, an enormous but it, effort. It, we could say also, Father, that it requires a grace that, that we could ask. That's why, you know, the church teaches us that the, the and this is the reason of the program today, you know, uh, we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit exactly. by which we can be filled by the Holy Spirit in everything we do. You know? So that is so important. But of course, I know maybe, you know, some of us don't remember the gifts of the Holy Spirit from catechism. Sometimes, you know, we think that catechism is only for little children and no. It is for adults too. So I think it's very important to pick up the catechism of the Catholic Church eh, very, very often in family and going to the gifts because the gifts are very, very important. So, Father, we start by the gifts. Sure. Yes. Sure. The, the, the gifts, uh, we need to, uh, first of all, you know, to explain that we have gifts and we have fruits. Fruits. And normally people don't know the difference. It's a little bit confusing. It is not easy to grasp the, the, the difference between those. But actually, let's put it this way, you know, the the gifts is what the Holy Spirit gives to you for you to be able to, to, to function, let's say. And if you accept the gifts of the Holy Spirit, then you will produce fruits. Those are the fruits of, of the Holy Spirit that are 12. We're going to see them later. So we have the seven gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to us for us to be able to function as human persons and, and, and uh, in our relation with God, to function properly according to our faith. No, a beautiful explanation of this could be motherhood, no? Motherhood is a gift exactly. given by God. And what are the fruits? What? The children. The children. Precisely. Beautiful. I heard another approach, which was that uh, 
the Holy Spirit through baptism and confirmation uh, instills in us seeds, and these seeds become trees, and these are all the these are the gifts. These are gifts. They grow within our soul, and once we feed them with virtues and we correspondence to graces and the sacraments, etc., they produce fruits. If there are no fruits, then we have to look at the tree. How? What's the condition of the tree? Is the tree alive? Well, we want to, of course. So it's really important that we see it. It's really important that we see that one point, which is that. Um, it isn't a gumball machine that it automatically just produces gumballs. And if I feel I need that they should give, they should be given. No, we need to work that salvation. We need that participation with God's grace. Uh, all of the virtues are demanding the very word virtue is a way of life that we have to live that way of life. And in that way, those gifts become something. There aren't just they aren't just a, a random acts, random of, acts uh, or a basket that just has things that you just pick it up as you go. And you know what? Uh, I don't. I, I don't know if I'm right, right or wrong, but <laughs> this is very, very delicate uh, because uh, very easily when you speak about the Trinity, you can you can see something that's not exactly that. But of the three persons of the Holy Trinity, which of the three is the closest to us? We can ask ourselves. Yeah, interesting. So, of course, the Father is your Father. The Father is, He created you. So, of course, He is very close to you. The Son is your Redeemer. He comes to you. You, you receive Him in the Eucharist. But who gave you the life? Hmm. Life is the Holy Spirit that came in you and is in you forever. Because if not, first of all, we will be dead. And secondly, we will have no spiritual life. Actually, when we speak of spiritual life, what are we speaking of? We are speaking of the life of God in us. <laughs> the Holy Spirit in us. Spiritual life. The spiritual. one who prepares a house within us for the Jesus Christ as the Eucharist exactly. is the Holy that's, Spirit. That's, in the indwelling of the Spirit, that is what we pray for. Exactly. So we live with the Holy Spirit constantly. So people who say that, A, as Catholics, we do not adore the Holy Spirit are ignorant. Of course. Um, that we do not live with the Holy Spirit, we do from the moment of baptism. That's the very life that's that's in, that's put within us is is the Holy Spirit. So that's insane. It's beautiful because we consider also Mary. Huh? Mary also she was created by God, by God the Father. But who came in intimacy with her is the Holy Spirit, yes. and then came the Son. The over, <laughs> yeah, overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. Exactly. So it's amazing, huh? I, I find that point interesting also for those who deny the Holy Spirit. And there's a group of people who deny the yeah. Holy Spirit. Which is that in Scripture, it's very clear. The angel says the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. It isn't a spirit that's holy. It's the Holy Spirit. So Precisely. it's that overshadowing. And that overshadowing happens many times, right? It happened in the temple. The, the temple had that the, 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 the glory of God that was of present. Course. Of course. Um, and, and, and that is, is key because, and then we look at these virtues and gifts. Um, we need them so that our souls are healthy, mm -hmm. without which we don't live. Exactly. 
But I think most of the of the people that are listening to us, they're concerned. But Justin is not much with existence, but rather, how do I do so that the gifts of the Holy Spirit come to me, and in and, and in turn, right, all these fruits can be shared with people. So let's help them with this, maybe. And this is the purpose of this podcast. Yes, is to help each one of us to be closer to the Holy Spirit. Then we will produce all the fruit that we have to produce in in life. If not, we will not produce, and also we will not understand because the Holy Spirit is is also called the interpreter. Mm-hmm. of the word he interprets he is going to make you understand everything that i told you in in during the three years i was with you no? and jesus said this who is going to make you understand the holy spirit and it was that point that our lord said he needed to ascend to the father exactly. so that the holy spirit could act and then you should be happy that i go because i'm going to send you the dark they, they, they and they only understood it afterwards exactly. so when we hit the, the seven <laughs> the seven gifts what are they father? well wisdom Number one, wisdom. Of course. Yeah. But wisdom is the first, not by chance. No. <laughs> Because it has, no. it has an order, right? Of course, it has an order. It has an order. Because it happens to see and judge things from a divine perspective. The prophets were touched wise. by Absolutely. the Holy Spirit. And exactly. So the, the wise men, actually, they were prophets. Huh? Because why? They were wise. Hmm? So they, they, they were actually guided by the Holy Spirit. That maybe that star was a symbol of the Holy Spirit guiding them. Making it possible to prioritize God's will and eternal truth. For you to understand eternal truth. This also gives the ability for the Christian to prioritize the spiritual over the material. Absolutely. To have eyes of faith instead of eyes of pragmatic desire. And a lot of times people have this are stuck in this point, and this is where they need to pray. They need to ask for this gift. They need this gift, and we ask for it. Parents, parents need that wisdom to guide their children, no, to find the differentiation between good and evil, right and wrong, and that's obviously a good intention for our prayers, no, to have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. It's impossible to educate the others without wisdom. Nope. Everything will go wrong. It's a disaster. Disaster. A parent, when they're helping their child discern their future calling and helping the child discern it, they need wisdom. Otherwise, they direct them according to the concupiscence of the heart, and they direct them the wrong way. Then you have blind guiding the blind. Huh? Yeah, blind guides. What was the great condemnation mm-hmm. that our Lord made about the, the, the scribes and Pharisees um, in the famous uh, passage of the woes? Next. Understanding. Understanding. To understand things is essential. It's, it's uh, mm-hmm. something that, no. profound. <laughs> How many complaints we have sometimes? I don't understand my life. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand my family. I don't understand. Okay, maybe it's the moment to ask the Holy Spirit the Holy to Spirit. share a little bit of light. But also understanding a lot of times things happen in our lives which presently make no sense. And we need that gift To understand. Of course, it makes no sense for you without the Holy Spirit. But if you have the vision of God, of what's going on, then you understand. Because God understands everything. The Holy Spirit understands absolutely everything. So He's the one who can make us understand. Understand is the eyes of the soul. Without understanding, you're blind. So God lends us His divine eyes to see what He sees. Absolutely. So, counsel. 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 So, Our Lady Hood Counsel, pray for us, for those who are already, <laughs> <laughs> already know this in the heralds. What a good devotion and how close to 
our hearts. Of course, it's related to, to the right judgment, no? Uh, the, if you do the right judgment of a situation, then you can counsel what to do. If you don't have the right judgment, uh, you can't. No? But how many people in our world are clouded, are confused, and don't have right judgment? They have wrong judgment. Exactly. And everything they touch is wrong. It's like everything is left foot. And they don't know what to do, and they, and they constantly, it's one mistake after another after another, and they don't even see how wrong they are. It's that line of our Lord. You are wrong, and you understand how wrong you are. It's our Lord speaking to the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees, like, you are so no. wrong. <laughs> you can imagine this saying, you're so wrong. Why? Because he had all these gifts. He, he was God himself. And he's looking, you're so blind. But So, so, uh, so many people need a, an advice, need to know what to do, etc. And they turn around and they, they look the advice where, where maybe it is not. Mm. They should remember that the advice is in the Holy Spirit. Turn to the Holy Spirit. I, I, I think, this, I know this is a little off, but I think since we're talking about, we're talking, this is an open forum with a lot of different people. And unfortunately, some people have a, have a problem in which they, um, they get tied up in superstition. Yeah. Exactly. And they go to places like the Zodiac, or they go the to card readers. card readers. You know what I mean, right? This is a problem, is that they're looking, but they're looking in the wrong place. Wrong place. And where they're looking is going to be all wrong. Of course. Of they're course. guaranteed wrong. So exactly. if we have the misfortune of falling this way, we've sinned against the first commandment, of course. But we need to pray to the Holy Spirit after confession, obviously, and, but to get us back on the right road, to give us the direct the directions that we need. Essentially. So, so far, Father, we have wisdom, understanding, counsel. Those first three gifts. And now, the fourth is fortitude. Ooh. It strengthens our willpower and resolve, empowering us to face difficulties and uh, persevere in the pursuit of holiness. We need fortitude to be holy, exactly. no? and uh, it has to be supernatural. We can't just. But this is linked to the, to the cardinal virtue of fortitude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you may say it's in, in a sense this is truly a hinge, as cardinal means hinge. This is a hinge. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, and also us with a little bit of asceticism, making that effort. But God knowing that the vir that virtue is going to be difficult when we yeah, are weak. Exactly. So he wants to... Sometimes no. people get the, the good counsel, get the good advice, but they don't feel the strength to, to follow it. Yeah. So they need that fortitude to be able to put into practice what your mind has, has uh, understood and what your, your judgment has decided. This, for this fortifies fortitude. This gives it a, a basis to allow us to practice that virtue. Essential, essential. Knowledge. It allows us to understand the purpose of our lives in relation to God and His plan. So it's the knowledge is not just any knowledge, because you can. There are lots of people who know many many things, but actually they, they don't know how to live. They are missing the, the essential, which is your relation with God and what you have to do in life. There is such a misunderstanding, no, with the word vocation, because everybody thinks, okay, it's going to be a sister, it's going to be a priest, it's going to be a... Uh, uh, no, vocation is your place in the universe, according to the will of God. And if we don't know that, and some will say, well, but how do you know that? As Father said, we need knowledge, the knowledge of, of God. But I think also in that element, we have to remember that the human person 
is curious. We're searching. And the devil knew that with our first parents. And he offered them knowledge, right? But the wrong type of knowledge. Not harnessed, not connected to what was good, but curiosity in, in the most broad sense. It's a kind of knowledge that obscures instead of you know, it giving it light. It doesn't brighten, doesn't clarify. Of course. It makes it more confusing. <laughs> so our first parents fell through the search of knowledge, but the Precisely. wrong form of knowledge. Precisely. That ended up introducing the very thing that they were in search of to see if, if existed, which was evil. Okay, so, so far we have wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge. These are the first seven. We have two more gifts, but Father, we'll have to go to a very quick uh, pause here for some commercials, and then, then we come back. Stay with us, and don't forget to comment and to subscribe if you haven't done so. We'll be back in a second. If you're liking this program, there are ways to support it. And one of those is to acquire the latest book we have for children, St. Faustina and the Divine Mercy. In this book, children can learn about Divine Mercy, children can learn about the life of St. Faustina, and you as a parent, maybe as an uncle, as an educator, can help them to discover this beautiful treasure. The book is available in versions in English, Spanish, and French, and you can order right away in the notes of the program. So order your copy today, St. Faustina and the Divine Mercy, comes in three languages and it's going to be a beautiful gift for your children, for somebody else's children, and even for yourself. So welcome back to this second part of this uh, podcast about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're talking about specifically each gift that the Holy Spirit gives us. Now, Father, I wanted to, 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 to make a, a quick, uh, quick uh, parenthesis here in the middle of the of the enunciation and differentiation of the seven gifts, we already touched five of them, wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, and knowledge. But, you know, the, the, there is something beautiful for, maybe for the people who are listening to us, because, um, I know you're not going to say this because, you know, you're, you're part of it, but it's beautiful that during the Mass, you know, when there comes the moment of blessing the, the, the gifts, without which there is no Mass, correct, Father? Without, without part, it's impossible. Okay. And now, the, the the priest he acts as God the Father, no. And yes. when when you impose the two hands, is the word and deeds, no. So Do God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, blessing that is going to be the offering. Offering that are going to be, going to be transformed in the uh, the body. And those are the little things, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit every Sunday at Mass. If we were a little bit more aware of that, no, how can we miss mass? No, <laughs> it could be much more, no, completely clear how how important this is. You should keep in mind that when you go to mass, you're going to speak and see and hear the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're going to to be with them. You're going to talk to them. They're going to talk to you. And during mass, also every single saint in heaven is present. Everything. That's just goes beyond our understanding. Well, yet, a lot of these things go beyond our understanding, <laughs> right? And I think that's one of the issues, is that because people don't easily understand it, they discount it. I don't understand, therefore it doesn't exist. Which, if you apply it to other facets of your life, it would be rather uncomfortable. Everything you don't understand at first gate glance, you just cut away. Mathematics wouldn't be there. Many things wouldn't be present. Medicine would have been Medicine would have a stopped. lost practice. So, 
Wonderful. So, Father, we saw the first five and we had the last two, which are not last, are just no. the next. They're beautiful. <laughs> so, we have number six is piety. Piety. So, piety. we need to have that spirit of piety towards whom? Towards God and our neighbors. Filial, the, the filial piety, which is in this element here very much, is where every aspect of respect comes out of. Respect and veneration. Um, the fourth commandment, when that is lacking, you have chaos. You have chaos in, in yourself, but also chaos in the world. But also, if we don't, if we don't have this aspect, uh, filial piety, in this sense, towards the Father, then our relationship religiously is flawed and broken. And we become nothing better than a reprobate. Mm -hmm. We become like the, the son, the older son in the, pro, in the prodigal son, exactly. in which we curse our father. He had no piety towards his father. Nothing. No piety. But how important this gift is too, no? because it says here, it nurtures our relationship with God. I mean, sometimes how many of our contemporaries, again, no, we complain, no, we say, oh, I don't understand God. No? Why God does these things? Uh, where is God when I'm suffering? Where is God when uh, the whole litany? You know? uh, and in reality, if we ask for that gift of, of piety, it's exactly what we need not to nurture our, our relationship with God. Exactly. And fostering reverence. Reverence is something that's disappearing in, in the human relations today. I'd say disappeared. Maybe disappeared already. <laughs> <laughs> no, even when people go to church, Sometimes even confirmation uh, uh, mass, etc., they go without any piety, no, without nothing. any reverence. They go just just as a function. There's a line I think they fear neither God nor man. They fear nothing. <laughs> they exactly. walk in and it's. Yeah. Um, I think they have more reverence if the church had been a hockey arena. There might be more reverence. <laughs> um, the way the manner in which I, I think it was Philip II who said this. There are two types of persons who don't genuflect in front of a tabernacle. An atheist and a sacristan. <laughs> yeah. But this is a third type. Who have, these, are, these are worse than atheists, because at least an atheist denies. Yeah, It's a formal exactly. opposition. Precisely. But this is another level, which is just ignores. Igno ignores completely. Yeah. Or, or people get so used Different. to it that yeah, in reality... The but that's where, the, you're, that's where your sacristan falls in. Right? Where it's just... It's part of the job. Exactly. So then, it will give you devotion. Mm. Devotare, no? It comes from Latin, no? To, to, to give devotion, to, uh, to, uh, to, to give something to, uh, to the one who deserves to receive. Could this be the problem when people have spiritual crises? You know, where they say, I, I pray and I don't feel. I da, 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 da. Is that they don't have devotion. No. Like, they no. are empty. They are, they are hollow. They, I, I, think, I think it's a line from, I'm not, it's from Benedict XVI, where he was talking about Buddhism, in which he says, it's not a religion. It's a self-adoration. And a lot of people, they don't have devotion towards God, but it's self-adoration. It makes me feel yeah, good. Exactly. They want to receive and not, not to give anything. No, no, no not, absolutely nothing. And, but also these gifts are like that, no? If you use them, good. But if you don't use them, you lose them. Of course, exactly. And, and, and piety, well, if, you don't, if, if we don't pray, 
if we don't practice devotions, if we don't uh, instill devotions in others or help others, and then as a result, we are going to be growing. And devotions like the Holy Rosary, devotions like Eucharistic devotions, Eucharistic devotions, those things, the more we practice, the easier they're going to be. And But then again, if we don't ask the Holy Spirit to give us this gift, it's very but difficult. Again, there, no? it, it, but it also demands a certain amount of ascetic action, right? We have to do something. Yeah, sometimes you don't feel like going to church. You, sure. you have to. It, the asceticism is important because it's we need to do things. Exactly. Uh, and that's why the four moral virtues are so important because they are they are ascetic. You have to do them. Uh, we have the three theological, which are given to by by God. But if we're not practicing them, they shrivel up and die too. Of course. Everything is alive within the spiritual realm. We have to practice them. And a lot of people have the idea that, oh yeah, so I, I, I was baptized and then my school went and had First Communion, so I received First Communion. And then years later I had my confirmation and I'm, I'm a perfect Catholic. There was nothing in between, but that's in my time. <laughs> oh, no, just, just sort of these bookmarks in my life. And, and, that, and then if you go to a confirmation mass, you, you witness this absolute absence of of anything, of course. Uh, what I'm, I, I'm, my experience recently has been more from um, students that I teach, and they go into their local parishes um, doing preparation for their confirmation, and it's so funny because there's a couple of them who just go, they know nothing, they have no piety, they don't fear God, they have zero. Why are they getting confirmed? And I have to say with them, I don't know. <laughs> sure. You're correct, mm -hmm. and they're like, no, it's so horrible, and it's funny when you hear it from children. Because they're looking at it not from above down, they're looking at it from that point. Of they're just looking around like, why are any, why are any of you here? Because this makes no sense. Exactly. And then it will give you give you a deep sense of love. So uh, the Holy Spirit is love, and uh, this is what we we need to ask Him, because love is to give yourself. Love is to desire the good of the other. When you desire the good of someone, you love him. When you desire the bad for <laughs> for the other, you hate him. <laughs> but how are we, for instance, and God knows that, how are we going to wish good to our enemies? That's impossible. Humanly speaking, it's impossible. Naturally speaking, it's impossible, unless he gives us a gift, which is the gift of piety. So, But there's something that, again, if we don't ask, you know, God is ready to bestow upon us all these beautiful things. And if you don't ask, <laughs> what do we do? No, so that's... And Brother Justin was saying, no, Father, it's so important. I mean, the people who receive confirmation and go there almost indifferent. Indifferent. God is going to give them this, these seven gifts, of course, but, uh, but to what degree? Sure. The sacrament of confirmation is specifically an infusion of the Holy Spirit to give you this. So if you don't, if you go there without any knowledge of what you're, what you're doing. Or intention. Exactly. Intention. Without intention, without love, without it's uh, like piety. Plant, planting beautiful trees, expensive trees, magnificent trees. But you're, 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 you're really, uh, this is very, very unfortunate, but it's, it's as though you're planting them in asphalt. Mm -hmm. And you're wondering why these things are it not blooming. It doesn't grow. Precisely. It's asphalt. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. It's, it's toxic. <laughs> and you wonder why. And you're like, mm. that's yeah. it. Yeah. All sacraments are like that, in a sense, no, Father? Exactly. Yes, exactly. The, the, the exactly. more you go, the, the more intention, the more disposition, the greater 
degrees oh, of graces, the greater graces we receive. If you have zero disposition, God is not going to be stingy. He's going to give graces, but not to the degree that he would give if we went there with a burning heart. But also it has to do with us. We, we're, we're not open to receive it. What can he do? I mean, and then we go and complain. It's a, it's a cooperation. There's no cooperation. <laughs> of course. Of course. And then we go and complain. God is unjust. He doesn't talk to me. Well, uh, is your phone connected? Is uh, it on? Maybe there's something you can do. Pay the maybe. bills and maybe <laughs> get a SIM card. I don't know. Just... And then finally, trust. So it gives you love and trust in God. That to know that God is good and He wants good for you. That you trust Him because you know that He only wants what is good for you. But trust comes from a relationship. That's where that's that's where. That's trust a very is. important point, brother Justin. Yes. If there's no relationship, there's no trust. If the relationship doesn't exist, of course. What gifts are we talking about here? But but again, we say, well, what are we talking about? That's where the problem lies. People want to have this downloaded, installed, but no inner relationship with God. God made us for relationship. Exactly. And we don't want the relationship. We want to take, but we don't want to give. So who, who's the one who's in trouble here? Who's the one who's unjust? Is it God or us? Question. Question, eh? Question to, to, to put into it. It's beautiful because this is also one of the definitions of the Bible itself, is the book of the relationship between God and mankind. God and mankind. God who loves mankind and he wants to give to, to, uh, to, to him. And, and humanity that keeps walking away. Exactly. Keeps Precisely. walking away. Just, and then blaming God when, as they walk away, it, it's very similar to a child. I'm not sure if you've ever witnessed this. You've got like a two or three year old and they are told by their parent, mother or father, stay here, stay close to me. And of course, the child hears, stay here, therefore, I'm That's going to run away. <laughs> so they run away. And they're in the tangle of the clothing racks or what have you. They ran away from the parent. Now they scream and they say, you left me. <laughs> and that's us. Because, yeah, yeah. You know, but let's look at the facts. The parent was there. He said, stay here. You decided to go on an expedition in exactly the wrong direction. And then you're lost. And then you blame the, you blame the parent. And this happens. You hear this. In stores, you hear this cry. Hey, why did you leave me? I said, but, and the parent, but I didn't leave you. I told you not to go. Don't we do the same thing? Absolutely. We go to the wrong places. We, uh, the, the, the Jewish people, the, the chosen people, would, would then worship false gods. They would lose their land. They would put into exile. And then they would cry, you know, why have you done this to us? And then God would come and save them, bring them back. And then they'd be happy for a little while. Then they would do stuff again. And then they would adore Moloch or Baal or, or whoever it is. And, and then they would fall into, in, into their misfortunes. And, and then they would blame God. Precisely. And you know, the, to explain what is sin, actually, we could take these uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit and, uh, and put them the, the other way around. So when you sin, wh what's going on wrong with you? You have no wisdom. You have lots of wisdom. Then you are not understanding what you should do. You you uh, you are not following the right counsel. You are following the, the the counsel of the devil. He's giving you the bad advice. You have no fortitude. You're weak. You're weak. You have no knowledge of what was uh, what, what you're doing. Exactly. 
you have no reverence, no no, no piety, Lost the no, sense of no, piety. no love, no trust for God. And that brings us to the last one we didn't touch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and the last one, is the, which the is, best one. <laughs> which is? <laughs> the fear of God. This is something beautiful. Fear because, of God. Because um, it, it, it needs some explanation because oh, yes. uh, fear can be... Uh, exactly. can be interpreted in different ways now. But um, this fear of God is because you love God so much that you're afraid to do something against His will. Mm. It's not that you're afraid of Him, necessarily. Mm. But you know, that is at the, at, the, at the foundations of the perfect contrition. Yes. When we yes. have perfect contrition, it's because it's not that we were afraid of, of hell or the no. chastisement that's going to come or everything, but rather, how much I messed up. I mean, God loves me so much, and I offended Him because He's so great. And that the moment, that fear of God, Brings us perfect to justification, this. contrition, of course. we're forgiven. But if, if you fall into that other version where you're fearful because of what he might do to me, he might hit me with a lightning bolt to zap me or whatever, that is imperfect contrition. Of course. And that actually causes you, if you die in that state, it causes you to go to purgatory for a very long time. Yeah, or, for sure. But if you have perfect contrition, you go straight to heaven. Beautiful. There's so, a difference. So you have this fear of God. But I'm good fear. Good fear, the good fear of God, I'm afraid to offend him, to do something that, that will uh, not make him happy, etc., then you will never sin. You will, you will, be, uh, you will be perfect. If you sin. didn't manage to receive um, sacramental confession, but we have perfect contrition, it's equivalent. Exactly. It's equivalent. exactly. So the this is what the Holy Spirit wants to give you. It wants to give you this fear of God, this good fear of God. The good thing, right? Mm -hmm. he, 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 he just put himself at our Lord's feet figuratively, of course. Uh, and our Lord said to him, be with me in paradise. Um, there wasn't any shaking and, and no, it was, it was, he acknowledged who Christ was for who he was. And he put himself as, I'm not worthy. Exactly. It's true humility. It's true, truly accepting what one is. And then with that, we see the result. Again, I call to mind the image of the prodigal son. We have the older son and the younger son. The younger son has perfect contrition. Mm -hmm. I've sinned against God and against you. I don't deserve anything. I want to be your slave. Beautiful. The older one basically curses his father out. Yeah, exactly. So which one do we want to be? Which one had the which one received the gift of the Holy Spirit while he was tending the pigs? Exactly. So the, and going back to the example of the of the good and the bad thief. The bad thief he had no fear of God. He was he was there just uh, willing to uh, to the last moment. yeah to, to ask ask uh, Jesus to do a miracle just for him uh, uh, be free and, and 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 go back home and continue sinning and yeah, continue sinning God. That's one of the key things in the and this is twisted a lot, but in the in the Gospels is that whenever our Lord encountered a person and it turned out well, you see that he encounters them, they forsake their bad ways. And they turn towards God. They change. Radical change. Yeah. You ever have Jesus encountering someone and just allowing them to continue sinning the way they are and everything is good? Never. Every case is the same. There are many religions that, that, that uh, they want to, to make you feel that, you know. Yeah. Everything's good. Everything's good. You give your contribution to the church, you know, that's fine. Pays, everything pay, right. pays yeah. over everything. You can continue as you are, etc. God loves you the way you are. I'm not sure where you find that in the Bible. <laughs> no. 
Now, something also very important uh, that would be interesting to point out is that um, numbers in the Bible have a lot of a lot of meaning, no? And the number seven, we find it everywhere, and as everybody knows, maybe some of our of the people that are listening don't remember this, but number seven means a planet. So, whatever we have seven, there are so many examples. We're not going to go into there, but uh, the fact that we have seven gifts of the Holy Spirit that means that God wants to give us His planet, the planet of everything He can give. So, He's generous. He's not a stingy God. He's not someone who's going to be, you know, <laughs> saying, "Okay, let me see if I, you give me this, I give you that." No, no. He wants to give everything as much as possible. But He gives us as much as we can receive. Because we can't receive more. And as much as we want to receive, too. No? Yeah, but yeah. We, we, if we don't, if we're not prepared, if we're not able, then we don't, we get less. But it's not because God is the issue. No, it's us. Of course. It's our receptacle. It's our receptacle. We have a bigger cup or smaller cup or whatever. It fills, it's full, but matters how big is our cup. If not, we're not worthy of this uh, extraordinary generosity of God giving us all these gifts. Through the Holy Spirit. So I think this could be a very powerful way to also guide our audience when it comes to pray. Oh, because yes. <clears throat> if we ask for these gifts, obviously God is not going to deny them. True. Of course. Of course. All, all prayer actually has a, as a background the, the, the request, the petition of these seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are essential. This is the backbone of, uh, of our soul. What really happens is we have seven gifts, and then if you have those seven gifts, like we were saying, you know, the gift of maternity, and then, you know, this, this, this good mother has many children. Well, these gifts of the seven gifts also have children, and those are 12. And it's funny because three plus four, three is the number of the divine, of God. Four is the number of earthly things. So three plus four make the plenitude, the seven. But three times four make twelve. And those are the twelve <laughs> apostles, and those are of course. tribes. When the things of, of God and the things of the earth get together, you have gifts and fruits. So, Beautiful. yes, it's true. I mean, I don't think we have time today to see the twelve yeah, gifts. impossible in this uh, program. No. So we leave it for another podcast. Wonderful. Wonderful. Is that okay? We'll gather another time. Yes. We'll go to... And in the meantime... We are going to homework, hmm? homework to be for people, Father. Yes, exactly. What can we do to ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit? Precisely, and a homework also maybe to pray the litany of the Holy Spirit. That would be a nice mm. uh, devotion that you can you can do. Take the litanies of the Holy Spirit and pray them, and then you will see how you know how many things uh, come into your soul. Good things happen to you. So let's um, let's uh, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who had the plenitude the fullness of all these fruits, uh, all these uh, gifts and fruits. Well, she, she had all the, the gifts, and she produced all the fruits. The fruit of, of Mary is God himself. So it's impossible to, to have a, a greater fruit than the one that Mary produced, which is Jesus, God himself. So we are going to ask uh, the blessing for all of you and asking that the Holy Spirit will fill you with his gifts. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.